more on the importance of virtualization and Apple Sue's NSO Group. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is sponsored by Upstart, fair and fast personal loans. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part three in a three-part Mac Voices Live conversation. We continue our discussion about virtualization and the importance of virtualization, especially on the M1 chip. And then we turn our attention to Apple's suit against the NSO group for the spyware Pegasus. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. I, I have a use case for having that, that Windows install local. <clears throat> and uh, And it's that there's a large portion of this world that does not have adequate broadband to be able to have an operating system hosted on someone else's uh, iron. So you need to have a way for this to be local just so that all of the people that need that actually can take advantage of it. But that's, that's, that's getting to be a, a smaller and smaller. I mean, what you're talking about is people that can't use Netflix, um, you know, cause that's basically streaming, you know, it's not really any different than, than watching a streaming service. Yeah. Well, uh, let, let's use the African continent as an example. The, the parts of the African continent where you actually have reliable broadband with any, with any reasonable amount of speed is a small minority. Most of the people that are working on their on computers as part of their business there, they have to do everything locally and uh, and then when they can get their internet to work and they probably have three different services, one of them being cellular, then they'll hop online when they can. Yeah, and, but those people can't afford Macintoshes either. Unfortunately, this is the sad truth. Sure. And yeah, I'm sure that there's many more Windows machines there. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people that will take their old Macs and ship them off to, say, Ghana so that uh, people can have computers. So that the number of Macs that are there is probably higher Macs than people are all realize. Intel. They're all old Intel Macs. Yes, but eventually <laughs> they'll be M1s as well. Maybe by that time they'll they'll have the the network stuff, or Microsoft will be. You know, I I think this is a good thing. I hope that you know Windows does become widely available. It's an easy install. Um, it's not necessarily something that I personally need, but I you know, options are good, and I think this would be you know I I thought that was one of the kind of cool things about the Intel based Macs was that it was essentially a Rosetta Stone. Um, an Intel based mm-hmm. Mac could run anything. Um, and you know, they've kind of, they've kind of changed, you know, like the M1 is sort of a new kind of Rosetta stone. It won't run windows. So maybe it will in the future, but it does run iOS software, which the Intel ones couldn't do. So it's, it's sort of like they drop windows and added iOS. So, so far that doesn't seem like, you know, people are getting that much use out of the, the fact that iOS runs on there, but it, you know, it is a new operating system. A new API that that is now now supported. You know, another interesting thing is, you know, now they've uh, p- people have gotten Linux to run 
right. uh, on uh, M1 Max, and and that is sort of a boot camp thing, which you know I think we all wondered would that ever happen if they've actually booted you know Linux bare metal on M1 machines. So kudos to the people doing that project. That's very very cool. I, I agree. That's very cool. So somebody write this down because this will be one of the first times in history that I've ever defended Microsoft. But we're still seeing even now Mac publishers, Mac software publishers, and and you know some notable Mac software publishers just getting their M1 versions of their applications up to speed and really taking full advantage. And we're talking about Windows as an operating system, which is is no small feat. Now we talked earlier about you know, maybe their contractual obligations that, that they haven't done, they aren't doing this right now or aren't able to do it, but it would seem awfully short-sighted for them not to. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that as much as I, I, I have no love or use for Windows in, in anywhere on any machine, but that said, I know there are a lot of people that do. And so I hope that Microsoft can accomplish this either technically contractually or both for the benefit of the users if anything i said was came off as criticism of microsoft that was absolutely not my intention oh i don't i don't think anybody took it that way jim no i, I certainly yeah. didn't oh well you said you felt like you had to defend microsoft so that i took that as somebody was attacking microsoft so just want to oh, make no, sure that I, wasn't clear. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, well, that, that's that's fair. I mean, what what I meant was, you know, that Microsoft may just flat out need time, because I kind of doubt that Apple, you know, app, app, okay, so now I'll go back to slam, slamming them, but you know, yeah. Apple let them see something early on, you know, a long time ago, and let's just say that things appear to have been appropriated as a result of that, and so now I seriously doubt that they got much of a look. Uh, an early look at the M1 chips in a significant fashion. That's pure speculation. Well, Chuck, yeah. I I would be stunned if Microsoft didn't have their ARM version of Windows running on multiple plat- platforms, hardware platforms, just all along. Yeah, just like and, just like Apple had uh, Mac exactly. OS running on on Intel boxes like five years, you know, in two thousand or. 1999 right. or something like that. I'm sure they do. Um, and, and you know, chucking away, at, um, you know, Microsoft absolutely had a, a heads up because it's the ARM instruction set. You know, the fact is that the ARM version of Windows does run on an M1 Mac um, without Microsoft doing anything. Um, and, yeah, maybe there's bugs and, and, and performance issues. But we're talking about something that Microsoft has not, in any way made a, a changed a single byte of it and it, it runs on the m1 because the m1 uses the arm instruction set so you know that is not unique to apple um you know there the, apple's made changes to it so i i would assume that you know it could be optimized for apple's processors and and you know maybe microsoft will do that but you know it, I, I was amazed when i first heard reports that people you know people were getting the arm version of windows to run on parallels it's like really that's you know that's pretty darn incredible um what was the parallels well sharp, sharp cookies over there kudos yep. to parallels but also you know i mean it's sort of like yeah there's science you know the instruction sets the same and and um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it took a lot of work on on Parallel's part, um, and the engineers at Microsoft that made an ARM version of, you know, because because that you know that's also that ARM version of Windows. You know, when we're talking about running 32 bit Windows software, that's under x86 emulation. So Microsoft has had their own version of Rosetta 2 for I'm not sure how long, but it's been a while. It works a different way than than Apple's does, and I guess it's not quite as performant. But um, you know that that's pretty amazing. You know the the x eighty eighty six instruction set is incredibly complicated, um, and especially in the, in the the thirty two bit um, realm because it has modes for two eighty six and and x you know original. 186 and there's all these memory modes and Apple tossed all that. You know, you go, you go back and, you know, when, when Catalina came out, Apple dropped support for 32-bit apps and everybody was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, ARM's coming. You know, that was the, the, the total clue because they that means they were able to drop all the support for all the legacy 386, you know, basically everything that happened in the, in the x86 world from 1975 Till I don't know when did sixty four bit Intel come out, um, like maybe around two thousand or I'm not sure exactly, but there were several generations and Intel just kept building and building and everything had backward compatibility, so you could still run sixteen bit software that was written in nineteen seventy nine. You can still run it on a on a on a you know current x x eighty six machine now, but Apple's like no, we're tossing all of that. We're not going to run any of that old crudge, and we're only going to run 64-bit Intel software, which is a completely different uh, instruction set. When it went from 32 to 64, they totally cleaned it up. They threw it away. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, the Intel people did. So, it's sort of like an x86 machine. It has two processors in it. It has this 30... 32-bit processor, which also contains 16-bit, and, and that's still in there, and all that stuff is in there. Uh, and then there's a 64-bit processor, so they're just kind of sitting side by side. And Apple's like, we're not going to use that 32-bit part anymore, which also meant that when they moved to ARM, they didn't have to, like their Rosetta doesn't have to emulate that. Microsoft's does. Um, so that's one reason I think why why Microsoft's version of Rosetta doesn't work as well as Apple's does. It's also because they took a different approach. But um, anyway, I, I'm not sure where I started on this rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good stuff. But yeah, lots of lots of cool technology being done all over the place by Apple, by Microsoft, by Parallels. Um, it's uh, still an exciting field, uh, decades yeah. later. Yeah. Well, before we run out of time, I wanted to just get the panel's thoughts on on one thing, um, and that is that today, um, Apple, or at least it's become public knowledge now, Apple strikes back over Pegasus spyware with lawsuit against NSO Group. Um, and for those of you that weren't paying attention, the NSO Group is the one that uh, publishes Pegasus, this, this spyware software, spyware Pegasus, that has been in the news so much. Um, and it appears, you know, Apple is doing this because they say that that Pegasus specifically targeted Apple users. So what, what do you make of this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, 
so it, it it is a complicated story. Um, the 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 core of what the the open the the privacy researchers and the NGOs um, discovered about the Pegasus um, Pegasus software was that it apparently had been deployed much more broadly than was previously known, and in some cases was used to target um, activists, to target um, you know people who were uh, you know, targeted by repressive regimes. Um, you know, there's a there's an amazing story of a I think a uh, possibly a Saudi princess who was on the run and was trying to escape from her family and it was escaping on a yacht and then the the yacht was boarded by commandos because they apparently were tracking her phone or some of the phones of people she was in contact with via the Pegasus uh, Pegasus software. So anyway, um, the the nature of the of the way that that tool has been used is incredibly controversial and incredibly complicated. What's not complicated is that Apple does not like people using zero days against its platform. Apple does not like any kind of publicity that suggests that its devices are anything less than rock solid from a security perspective and rock solid from a privacy perspective. Um, Apple has been willing to go to bat in very... um, tricky and controversial situations such as the San Bernardino uh, attackers iPhone and 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 going you know going to court to avoid having to provide a backdoor encryption unlock for that phone so when it comes out that there exists this tool that can turn an iPhone into a uh, a surveillance device that's broadcasting your audio, possibly your camera screenshots, certainly certainly your location, and that can be used on anybody who gets crosswise with one of these uh, corporations or governments that has licensed this this application. There, there's there's no upside for Apple to stay quiet about this, and there's and to to Jim's point, the company does not do things altruistically. This is not. A move in the interest of protecting consumer privacy or Apple's customer privacy. This is about protecting the brand and the iPhone brand specifically. It advertises based on privacy. There's a whole ad campaign based on not tracking you. It it is it is unthinkable that Apple wouldn't push back against this company, whether what they're doing is legal or moral or not. Um, Apple is going to work. In, Apple has made it. It's going to make it a mission to make Pegasus and any of the other NSO group solutions useless against iPhone. That is, that is job one. And, you know, again, you can argue whether that is a net, a net good for consumers or a net bad for the FBI or other, other folks who take advantage of these tools to track legitimate evildoers and criminals. But this is what's happening. Like there is no, there is no more room for Apple to turn a blind eye to the fact that this tooling exists. It's getting shut down wherever possible. Um, but again, a trillion dollar company can bring resources to bear on this problem that rival nation states. Apple has the heft and can swing a stick at this problem that is comparable to, you know, the to MI six. Um, it's that it's that kind of level of capability. It's it's going to be able to bring that kind of talent and focus on this. So I don't I don't see that this product 
survives as a as a um, as a with the iPhone and Apple's iOS platforms as a target any longer. Whether it works on Android or whether it you know can maintain some viability around the edges, but as soon as anything opens up, it's getting shut down, and Apple is looking for it now. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Upstart, fair and fast personal loans. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. If you dread looking at your credit card statement each month, you're not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can be your first step on your path to financial freedom. Upstart can get you a fair and fast personal loan within one business day of accepting your loan. $1,000 to $50,000 with a clear payoff date and a smarter rate is how Upstart can help. And the smarter rate part is because Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, but also considers your income, current employment, and credit history. Best of all, it's fast and easy because the application process is all done online and doesn't impact your credit score. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash macvoices. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash macvoices. Don't forget to use my URL to let them know I sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Upstart for their support of Mac Voices. David, um, John Gruber on Daring Fireball said that he, obviously he's going to be watching this with great interest, but he wonders what kind of damages Apple would be looking for. And would it be enough to bankrupt NSO? Well, that's going to be a really interesting part of it. How do you prove what damages have actually been done and especially then place a monetary value on it? Any thoughts? Yeah, I think that's going to be tough. How how are you going to really put any monetary value on something that it's just, if anything, this is just the 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 fact that this company wants to uh, prey on the they think the vulnerability of what's going on on on, on iOS, um, and yeah, I agree with everything that Mike said. It just it, it just definitely it's interesting what this is going to happen. It could put this company out of business. I mean, they say in the article here on Mac on, on Mac Rumors that uh, it was only sold to vetted military. Okay, well, <laughs> obviously it leaked. Nope. And I, it obviously, it leaked out, and obviously, it went somewhere else. So this this company doesn't have a very good control of their of their product. Uh, so, but as far as you asking what kind of monetary value, I, I don't know. I, I think Apple's probably in it for the principle of it all, and and and, and you know, defending their product and defending the fact that they don't want to. You know, a company like this to 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 prey on on their their systems. I mean, I I, I fully agree with that part. Like I try to figure out how looking at it, I mean, Mike was very eloquent with his explanation of things. And, you know, that Apple has a platform to protect. But right. if if Jeff Gamut's uh, software or phone had been hacked using Pegasus, Jeff technically is the one damaged. So, you know, that... I don't know. I haven't read the full complaint, so it'll be very interesting to see how it all how well, it works. If somebody's doing something to sabotage Ford cars, does that mean only people that drive Ford car, that you know, the individuals that drove the cars, have damages? I, I would think Ford would have a pretty good cause of action if somebody's deliberately sabotaging Ford vehicles. Yeah, good point. I, I like that point. Also, um, 
I'm sure that buried somewhere in the terms of service, the, the licensing for using iOS, uh, Apple can find something that applies in this situation. But the, the bigger thing for me when I look at this, it isn't so much how much money could Apple potentially get out of them from damages. It's does Apple have the resources to litigate them into the ground? And yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Apple could litigate just about anybody into the ground. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, Mike nailed it. And uh, and using litigation to just destroy a company, this is not out of the possibility for Apple. They have the resources to do this. And you know, the funny part is. We're all, including me, like sort of cheering that on, although that's really kind of a defect in our justice system. It, it is, and yet you use the tools that are available I, to you. I, I, I said I was cheering yep. it on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's... You know. well, it feels like this might be one of the few times that you know Apple is is going to be seen as having the moral high ground in a situation like this. I mean, it seems like we've talked about this a million times on the show. How Apple takes a lot of beating from the press just because they are, you know, right at the top of the of the mountain. And here, you know, maybe they've they've got that high ground on the top of the mountain to rain fire down on it. So I don't know. I mean yeah, and this is this is a rare thing to see Apple release a news or a press release like this. I mean, you always hear lawsuits. They don't they don't really make a huge deal out of it. That they're making a huge deal out of this. I mean, even says that, that they're giving a ten million dollar contribution to support cyber surveillance researchers, researchers and advocates. That's that's you know that's very commendable. I think this is a this is a reputation protection that they want to protect their reputation of of a, of, a, of a secure product. And like Mike said, you know they're 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 they got some um, uh, you know really good security in place on their products now and they want to keep it that way there, there are a lot of cases where lawsuits are filed not necessarily for the outcome right. of the case and you know um i listened to a podcast called all the president's lawyers and they are discussing that sort of thing every week so i, I imagine there was a c-suite meeting at some point where uh, where Tim Cook said something to the effect of cry havoc and let loose the dogs of war. Even if he didn't, he should have. He did yeah. it and he did it doing it as Christopher Plummer as General Chang from oh my God, Star Trek yes. Discovery Country, which is the best line reading of that line. Ever. In history, because yes. he does it as he's on the bridge of the bird of prey, spinning in his chair. Yeah. Cry havoc! Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, like, even if he war. didn't say it, he will have said it in the movie version. Oh my God, it's <laughs> the best spinning line. Spinning in his chair. Yep. <laughs> I am finding that clip. I'm sharing it in the YouTube chat because it is the it like in a in a television show in a movie series where actors subsist on a diet of pure scenery for hours at a time. Christopher Plummer as the Klingon general is like <laughs> just at another level, just operating at another level entirely. Uh, I, I agree completely. And now I will never be able to unsee Tim Cook in his, uh, his Klingon battle armor screaming, 
Cry <laughs> havoc and let loose the dogs of war. And and spinning in his chair, yeah. What yeah. is he wearing underpants? Webb brings up some great points in the chat room. Um, NSO had a bad month, actually. The Biden administration blacklisted the NSO group, according to New York Times. They can't offer their spyware in the USA. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, Biden Association. That'll take them only five seconds longer to get it into the USA. But it's a nice effort. Um, There's also a Facebook lawsuit against NSO as well uh, regarding WhatsApp. And Apple has said that if they were awarded damages, they would donate them to anti-spyware causes. Thanks, Webb. I guess I didn't get far enough in the story to see that. So, um, you know, if uh, if Facebook is suing you over privacy issues, you've you've really, (laughs) really gone too far. (laughs) Wow. That's a deeply pessimistic view, Jeff, and I like it. (laughs) Or, you know, they're just trying to, you know, draw your attention over here. Yeah. Yeah. While, while their hands in your pocket, yeah, <laughs> guys, this has been fun. This is yeah. uh, I, it, it got a little bit geeky uh, around the middle there, but I like um, it's always fun when we sometimes go that direction. So thank you all for doing it. Thank you, chat room, so much for uh, for all the comments. Brad was throwing a bunch of stuff in um, that I couldn't possibly keep up with on the uh, on the the arm situation, um, but yeah, really appreciate all the all the comments. So let's go around the room and find out where folks can see you before you head out to uh, to chase your turkey down. Um, so I'm going to reverse it this That's time. That's a euphemism, uh, right? Well, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> a, a euphemism for what, Jeff? You can you can tell us when we get to you. I'll, I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. He's been- um, Yes, David. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, David. <laughs> I, know, I said those pictures from, from October. We got some pictures from Jeff, so. <laughs> oh, good, yes. Yes. Uh, what was it, Inktober? Inktober. Inktober, that's right. Inktober, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I don't remember seeing a turkey, but. No, I didn't either. Okay, well, get on that, Jeff. I'll get on that. Okay. David, where can folks find you when you're not here? Um, and, and, and before you start chasing down your turkey. Yes, uh, you can find me at InTouchThyWest at InTouchThyWest.com. We have a sh- actually going to record a show uh, Friday uh, afternoon because of the holiday this week. So we'll have a lot of fun with Jeff and Patrice. Uh, you will you also find me on our YouTube page at YouTube.com slash DaveG65. Where all, the sh- all the shows are there. And uh, find me on the Mac show on Friday on Fridays. And you also find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff, some of us uh, that are cooking turkeys will be dressing our turkeys. Will your turkey have pants? Uh, no, it's very casual Thanksgiving at my place. No pants. <laughs> no pants. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. Sure. Pants. <laughs> where, 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 where can folks find you? Uh, how about... Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut on both. Uh, YouTube.com slash Jay Gamut for my videos. And uh, I, I'm on Mac OS Ken in a few minutes all this week, which is just loads of fun. Um, I just did uh, a few days ago, Apple Context Machine. This Friday, doing In Touch with iOS with Dave's. And um, 
I think that's everything right now. Maybe we could go to the Pearl Street Mall and wander around and find you that way. Yes, you could totally go to the Pearl Street Mall and uh, and you'll find me. So if, if you see me roaming on Pearl Street Mall in Boulder, be sure and say hi. <laughs> or behind the Pearl Street Mall, because a lot of Jeff's most interesting pictures yes. are from behind the Pearl Street Mall. Uh, I don't know. There's some worries. really cool alleys with some interesting art yeah, in, in Boulder sure. off Pearl Street. I'm not sure if you, what you're doing back there, but okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm photographing. Mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Jim Ray, where can folks find you? Well, let's see. You can find me at proview.com, where I will happily tell you all about Panorama, a database that is not yet M1 native, ironically. Uh, but soon. Uh, and also on Twitter, uh, Provue Jim, P-R-O-V-U-E-J-I-M on Twitter. Great. Thank you, Jim. Good to have you. And Mike Rose, this was your first official time. Will you be back or have we scared you away? I would love to come back. I don't know if it'll be next Tuesday or some other time, but I would be glad to rejoin the crew for Mac Voices Live. Great. Well, it's, good. it's certainly good to have you. Where uh, Where can folks find you? Folks can find me on the After Show with Mike and Kelly at AfterShowPodcast.com or the underscore After Show on Twitter, uh, where I am frequently uh, joined by my partner in podcasting crime, Miss Kelly Gabant uh, of Portland, Oregon, uh, with whom you are all familiar. Um, you can also find me occasionally on Ken Ray's In a Few Minutes as one of his guests. And I believe his guest this week is none other than Mr. Jeff Gamet. Um, unless I, unless I misread my notifications, you are reading your notifications correctly. Awesome. Great show. I highly recommend it. Uh, Mac OS Ken's side project. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Mike T Rose. Excellent. Wait a minute. Is the name of the podcast in a few minutes? It is. Yes. I thought it was like, you know, if I waited 15 minutes from now, I, I would tell you no. No, well, Jeff said, <laughs> I, I'll, "I'll be on this podcast in a few minutes." A few and minutes. <laughs> it is fifteen. It literally is fifteen minutes an episode. So for yeah. the week, <laughs> you know, I, I thought it meant like fifteen minutes, a few minutes from now. I, like I can you were, see you were going to stop that. this, and uh, you yeah. know, like I guess yeah, I'll yeah. have to leave the after show early. Yeah, he recorded it on Sunday, but it yeah, behind the scenes. There's right. one episode a day for all week, but they are recorded. They're pre-recorded, as I most see. many podcasts are. So it's called in a few minutes. It's ice. Yeah, be uh, sure to listen to the Thanksgiving Day episode. Uh, little tease there. Thank good, you. Good tease. Cool. Okay. Well, I guess, folks, you'll be able to find me on Thanksgiving, uh, chained to the the table in the kitchen, um, peeling potatoes for mashed potatoes because I, I peel a mean potato. Um, but otherwise, leave it alone, Jeff. Leave it alone. Um, self-control. Um, self-control. Yeah. yeah really. pants. Um, we will, uh, we will definitely see you back here again next Tuesday for Mac Voices Live. I hope you all, you and your family, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a great Thanksgiving. And if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving in the U.S., just have a great week. We'll see you next time. So this is Mac Voices Live, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV.
As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.